What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week's episode is entitled Rangers Forever, Defenders Together. And the reason I've chosen that title is because with the fact that Elvis and I haven't really done a show together in a long time because our schedules have been out of whack uh, with Elvis going out of town and me having a lot of uh, Sunday shows that I've had to do with uh, Buff, we haven't really had time to sit down together and do a show. Also, I realize that with the hectic schedule I have coming up this week, I'm not going to really have time to do an NXT recap this week. I'm not sure. And if I know Elvis, he's probably going to neglect AEW again. 
and probably not going to put out an AEW recap, even though that is his responsibility. Because I didn't want to leave you guys without an episode this week, I decided to reach back into the vault and pull out an episode, or at least a segment, that I recorded a long time ago, but never got the chance to really put out. And that was my review of Power Rangers Beast Morphers. Now, for those of you who have been following us since we were on SoundCloud, you're very familiar with this Power Ranger journey and why I've chosen to take it. But as I mentioned before, there's always new listeners, especially now that we're here on Anchor and Spotify and Breaker and Google Podcast. So I'm assuming a lot of you guys probably are wondering why the fuck I'm doing this. Well, I will take this moment right now to explain why. Because in the uh, other segment that was pre-recorded a long time ago, you'll notice I say I don't tell the story because Elvis was with me. Because I naturally assumed when I put this episode out that Elvis would be with me. Well, obviously it's not the case, so that's going to sound a little bit stupid. So I'm going to let you know in advance, you're going to hear that part, it's going to sound a little awkward, but eventually you can skip over that part or just ignore that part until I get to the recap and then everything will be cool. So for now, I will start this show, uh, show off by telling that story. And here's the story for those who may not know. Those of you who do know it, just bear with me. But... Back in 2017, when I was working for the regular guys at uh, 12.30 a.m., The Fan 2. This was the new incarnation of the show, and it was me, Larry Wax, uh, BJ, Brandon Joseph, and uh, Big John. And we were all kind of working together on this show. Well, Larry decided to get me into Dragon Con that year. And I was in the press, and I got there kind of at the last sec, at the last moment. But... Originally, when Larry wanted me to go down there, he wanted me to go down there and try to get girls' phone numbers, which I did because that was the job that Larry told me to do, try to track down girls and get their phone numbers and try to find different ways to do so. So what I, I did that, but I didn't want to go down there just to get girls' numbers, and I was worried that I would get kicked out of Dragon Con if that was the only reason I went. So even though I did do that, I also went off and did other things. I checked out other exhibits. I tried to score some interviews here and there, which I did, and I plan on posting those interviews to Anchor at a later date. Uh, I interviewed Kevin Dockery from the Armory. I interviewed uh, Tracy Patterson, who was the track director for the Armory and also did, you know, night fights and blades and stuff like that. I interviewed a points champion, and I also interviewed Archangel Films, who worked on a movie called Unbelievable, which is a Star Trek parody film. So I got to interview some good people while I was there. I also got to meet some really great celebrities. Uh, I met some of the Power Rangers. I met some wrestlers. I had a great time. But while I was there, I bumped into this guy who was wearing a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers t-shirt, which intrigued me because growing up as a kid, I was a huge fan of the Power Rangers. In fact, as a kid, I loved the Power Rangers more than I liked wrestling, if that surprises anybody. So I'm talking to this guy, and we were talking about the Power Rangers and how cool they were and the evolutions later on, and I had told him that at the time, I had gone up to Lost Galaxy and then kind of stopped, because this is my journey as a kid. From the, I watched from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers all the way up to Lost Galaxy, and then I stopped. I saw a little bit of Lightspeed Rescue, but not enough to keep my interest. Then I stopped for a long time. Then I got back into it around Dino Thunder when, when I found out that uh, Jason David Frank came back. And then I watched SPD, and then after SPD, I stopped. And my, and my time with the Power Rangers was over. I had grown out of it. I thought it was stupid. I was done. 
But then when I talked to this guy, he told me about the other series and how great they were and how entertaining they were. And some of them were good and a lot of them were very entertaining. And I should go back and watch those. And at the time, I had been on Netflix kind of binge watching the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers for nostalgia. So I asked this guy, seriously, is it worth watching these shows? He said, absolutely. So after that time, I decided since all the Power Rangers were on Netflix available to binge watch, I went on a mission and I proceeded to binge watch all of the Power Rangers. I saw Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Power Rangers Zeo, Turbo, uh, In Space, Lost Galaxy, Lightspeed Rescue, Time Force, Wild Force, Jungle Fury, you name it, I've seen it. I went through all the Power Rangers and I would review them periodically here on the Boochcast. And I have different segments. I'll definitely pull those out at a later date for you guys to check out. I'll bring them here to the anchor page like I am with so many others. And I got all the way up to Beast Morphers and I stopped. Now, I know there's a Dino Fury show out there right now, but I'm not watching Dino Fury yet until all the episodes appear on Netflix. Then I will binge watch it. And if there does, in fact, become a second season, like they've been doing lately with, Power, with these Power Rangers shows, they've been doing them in two seasons, then I will wait for both seasons to be done before I eventually talk about them here on the Boochcast. And I did. I went through the whole journey on Netflix. I binged the Power Rangers. I did it for a long time. Then eventually, I kind of took a break from binging them because I got hooked on other shows and also my schedule was out of whack. But then once COVID hit, I got back into the Power Ranger groove because I couldn't find anything else to binge watch during my time home while we were stuck at home during the pandemic. So I finished off the Power Rangers with that. And I used that to create more content for you guys to enjoy during the pandemic as well. So I knocked out every episode. I devoted each episode to having a segment there to watch and enjoy, and eventually I was able to get through all of the Power Rangers. And like I said, I have not watched Dino Fury yet, but eventually I will. And I will say, a lot of these Power Rangers series that I watched, turns out they were fucking good. And then there were some that sucked, but there were others that were able to keep my attention, and I was able to watch them. So there were good ones, there were bad ones, there were compelling ones. And I found out later the Power Rangers are still just as entertaining as they've ever been. Now, granted, some of the dialogue can be a little cheesy and all that shit. But in general, it gets really good. And I really think it's entertaining. So that's why this week we're going to bring in the Beast Morphers. I'm going to show you guys this review. I hope you guys enjoy it. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to take a little break here. But when I come back... I will get into Power Rangers Beast Morphers. And I know there's a lot of stories that Elvis and I have to get into in regards to the wrestling world and the real world. And I'm sure there's shit going on in Elvis's life you want to hear about. I know I've been going through some shit you want to hear about. But I promise you, when Elvis and I get back together, we're going to have one hell of a kick-ass show for you guys to check out because we're going to be talking some shit. So sit back and enjoy Power Rangers Beast Morphers right after this. Power Rangers.
Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the theme song to Power Rangers Beast Morphers, which is what we're about to cover here on the Boochcast. And for those of you who've listened to these Power Ranger reviews before, you know usually at the start of every uh, single segment, I always assume there's new listeners jumping in. So I usually tell the story of why I do these Power Ranger reviews. Well, if you skipped the first segment that I did with uh, Elvis and jumped over here, you'll be relieved to know that I'm not going to tell that story. And the reason I'm not going to tell that story is because I already told it in the beginning with that previous segment, mostly because Elvis has never heard this story. And at the time that I was doing these Power Ranger reviews, he was not part of the opening show with me. He was just the AEW correspondent and nothing more. So, I felt no reason to tell him about it. I just did it on my own and never really felt compelled to tell him the story. So, now that Elvis and I do the opening segment together, Elvis is like an official co-host, I decided to tell him the story and let him know why I entitled this episode Unleash the Beast. Now, what I didn't talk about during that opening segment that I will discuss with you now is the reason I'm choosing now to do Beast Morphers. And the reason is because at the time that I recorded Power Rangers Ninja Steel, the recap of that, Beast Morphers was still ongoing. And at the time, I had announced that they were also doing a, another show after that called Dino Fury. Uh, that was going to be the next one coming up on the list. And what I wanted to do was wait until all of Beast Morphers showed up on Netflix. And at the time, it was just season one. So I didn't want to start season one and have to wait an eternity for season two. So I patiently waited. And after a certain point, season two showed up on Netflix. But it was only... The first nine episodes. And the reason for that was because on TV, they only aired nine episodes and then stopped because of COVID. Uh, Power Rangers Beast Morphers suffered the same fate as every other TV show that was airing during that time. Uh, They were filmed up to a certain point, but they still had to finish the post-production. And because of COVID-19 and the lockdown and the pandemic and everything shutting down and everybody having to stay homes and not work... You know, we had to we had to wait for all of our shows to come back and they for some reason could not take the time to do the necessary post production to get it done, which is something that has always bothered me. Like, I can understand if you film up to a certain point and then because of the pandemic, you can't film any more episodes until everything calms down. I understood that. And then I didn't necessarily like it. I didn't necessarily agree with it, but I understood it. I understood that I was going to have to wait a long time for things to be filmed. But for the life of me, I still cannot understand why the post-production on these shows could not be done in a timely manner. And most people were telling me, well, because of social distancing, people can't all work in the studio. Okay, that's fair. But here's my rebuttal for that. You're telling me that with all the modern technology that we have, with all the people that are working from home and doing Zoom meetings and all this other stuff, everybody else has been able to adapt to the pandemic. You're telling me these million billion dollar industries don't have the technology to do that? These people that do this shit for a motherfucking living don't have a work from home studio or let alone be able to build one? You're telling me you didn't have a studio built at home. You can't 
can't you can't do this shit from home. Send it to your boss. Your boss tells you whether he likes it or not and get it all done. Yeah, it might take a while to get things done, but you can churn this stuff out in a timely manner. Why? Because you guys do this shit for a living. Anybody that's in entertainment for a living should have a studio in their house. And if you don't have one now, when this pandemic's over, which it looks like it is, for the most part, you better be you better have one fucking built in case this shit happens again. God forbid this shit happens again. I want to throw in a God forbid because obviously I don't ever want to go through some shit like this again. I know you guys don't either. But my point is, I find it frustrating that they didn't have the ability to get the post-production going. So, I decided to wait for the rest of the seasons to get on Netflix before I, you know, reviewed it. And I thought because of the pandemic and everything shutting down, I thought I was going to have a decent amount of time before Dino Fury aired. Well, as it turns out, I didn't. Because February 20th was when the first episode of Dino Fury aired. So I had to sadly uh, miss out on that. And eventually, uh, about a day, about a week or so later, the rest of Beast Morphers showed up on Netflix. So now the entire, all of season two ended up on Netflix. So once that happened, I immediately started binge watching Beast Morphers. And I'm happy to announce I was able to finish it in about two days. And the reason it took me two days was because I started watching on a Sunday, uh, February 28th. And because I had Sunday off, I was able to watch a good chunk of the show. And I got about halfway through the first season before I ultimately stopped. Then on Monday, uh, March 1st, I didn't watch any of it because I had to go to work. And then when I came home, I had to do some videos and some editing uh, for the Boochcast YouTube channel. I was putting some stuff together for the Dark Side of the Ring series we were working on. And then after that, I, um, you know, just went to sleep after that. Then March 2nd, that Tuesday, I was off from work. So I spent the whole day just binge watching the rest of of Beast Morphers, and I got it all done, and now I'm happy to announce it is March 3rd at the time that I'm taping this. Uh, I'm not sure when this is going to air. I'm sure at some point it will, uh, but I was able to get it done a decent amount of time, and while it's still fresh in my head, I'm going to sit here and talk to you guys about it um, in preparation for, you know, Dino Fury, which I guess in a way is already out, and I'm sure a few episodes will be out by then, but I still want to share my thoughts on Beast Morphers, kind of talk to you guys about this, and in a way, almost complete the Power Rangers journey to the point where now I can start watching the show on a regular basis and then pretty much once the last episode airs because I'm assuming Dino Fury is going to go two seasons like the rest of these shows have uh, from Samurai up to now and once that's done I'll be able to better um, recap these shows and get them done in a more timely manner but the best part is I'm not going to be throwing these things at you so that's why it took me a little longer uh, to get back with you guys since Ninja Steel so on that note we're going to jump up in it now Power Rangers Beast Morphers is the 20 sixth and 27th seasons of the American children's television program Power Rangers. The first season premiered on Nickelodeon on March 2nd, 2019, while the second season premiered on February 22nd, 2020, which is basically uh, a year and two days before Dino Fury came out. So Beast Morphers was the first in the television series to be produced by Hasbro's production studio All's Park, which was later absorbed into Entertainment One in October of 2020, as well as being the first in the franchise to have all toys 
toys manufactured and distributed by Hasbro. Both seasons were produced using footage, costumes, and props from the 26th entry in the Japanese Super Sentai series, uh, Tokome Sentai Go Busters, which aired in 2012. As a result, Beast Morphers marks the first time the American series has adapted an entry in the Super Sentai series that was previously skipped over. This series also serves as a direct sequel to Power Rangers RPM, which to me was kind of odd seeing as how since RPM, there has been a fuck ton of Power Rangers series since then, but whatever. We'll, I'll explain that in a moment. Beast Wars was originally to be produced by Saban Brands. During pre-production, Hasbro acquired the Power Rangers franchise and other entertainment assets from Saban Brands, and the latter company subsequently closed on July 2nd, 2018. So Saban Brands is officially closed, which sucks because Saban has always been, you know, the Power Rangers always been associated with Saban. And I do find it weird that they're kind of pulling away from that. But anyway, basic plot is scientists in the city of Coral Harbor had discovered a way to convert the infinite power of the Morphin Grid into a physical substance called Morphex, providing the city with a source of unlimited clean energy. To protect the city, a secret agency known as Grid Battle Force combines Morphex with animal DNA to create a new team of Power Rangers. Now the Beast Morpher Rangers, Devin Daniels, Ravi Shaw, and Zoe Reeves must defend the Morphin Grid from Equinox, an evil sentient computer virus from another dimension and his evil avatar clones of original Beast Morphers candidates Blaze and Roxy who were rendered comatose. After three of them are transported to the cyber dimension Evox, Cybervillain Blaze and Cybervillain Roxy gain its de facto ruler Scrozzle as an ally as he helps them in their plan to return Evox to Earth. As the Rangers battle Evox's robot monsters they gain two new additions to the team Nate Silva, the head researcher and scientist of Grit Battle Force, who becomes the Gold Ranger. And Steel, a robot Nate was forced to create, who becomes the Silver Ranger. In the second season, Eve possesses Mayor Daniels, and plots to finish what he started with the help of Scrozzle, who uses a machine to replenish the Blaze and Roxy avatars as robots. Along the way, the Rangers uncover Evox's true origins and receive help from the original Dino Thunder and Dino Charge Rangers, as well as allies of the RPM Rangers, to defeat Evox and and his minions once and for all. And what's great about this series is the fact that, you know, we do see a lot of appearances from Rangers of the past, but they're usually in just Ranger form. But what makes this so significant was the fact that for the first time since Wild Force, the Forever Red episode, we see Jason, the original Mighty Morphin Red Ranger, Austin St. John, who apparently had a bad relationship with Saban for many years, which is why he wasn't featured in a lot of Power Rangers series. He wouldn't do them because apparently he had a bad business relationship with Saban. But apparently they had patched things up and they decided to have Jason back and they brought him in, which was great. To see him back. It was great to see him, you know, still have a leadership role and still, in a lot of ways, be very, very talented in what he does. And also, uh, the Dino Charge Rangers show up. Basically, we have uh, Tyler Navarro, the Red Ranger, uh, Chase Randall, the Black Ranger. He's the guy with the backwards hat and the thick, uh, I think, Australian accent it is. Uh, Coda, the Blue Ranger, who's basically the caveman, and Sir Ivan, uh, who's the Gold Ranger, but also talks like. 
you know, he's from medieval times because he is. For whatever reason, the rest of the rangers don't show up. Like, we don't see any of the female rangers or any of the other three bonus rangers, one of which was uh, Tyler's father. For whatever reason, they just straight up never show up. We just never see them. And what's very, very interesting is the fact that uh, how this whole thing starts is basically Devin is the mayor's son. That's why he's called Mayor Daniels, uh, his father. Um, And he's basically a video gamer. And you see that a lot throughout the series. He is obsessed with... With video games. He loves to play them. He loves to uh, compete in them. He competes in video game tournaments. He wins trophies. Um, He has like a VR headset that he buys at one point. Um, He is very much a video gamer. And his dad thinks he's lazy. Which I'm sure in the beginning of the series he was. But throughout the series you see the relationship between Devin and his father. And it's very emotional. Like the dad wants his son to be more disciplined. And find out what he's going to do with his life. And... Devin just wants to play video games. But after he becomes a Power Ranger, he has to keep it a secret. So a lot of times his dad sees Devin running off and doing all these things. And he thinks his son is being lazy or no good. He doesn't know the whole time he's being a Ranger. Like at one point, uh, his dad gets him a job at a car wash. And his dad is actually proud of him. Because he's doing real well. He's got a job. At one point, uh, him and his dad are washing a car together so they can bond together because he wants to take him out to lunch, but he's so busy. Because apparently his dad used to wash cars before he became the mayor. And, you know, he used to wash cars when he was a kid. So they're doing all this stuff. But the problem is Devin has to keep leaving every time there's a Power Rangers emergency. Because unfortunately, that's the price these Rangers pay in every single series. There's always a price they have to pay in order to protect the city. Like, I remember in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when um, Tommy was competing in a karate tournament and he was about to get on the mat to compete when all of a sudden Zordon was calling him for an attack. So now he has to turn and leave and because he doesn't show up, he loses by forfeit. Or uh, one time Kimberly lost a game show by forfeit because she had to get called in. Or um, Connor on the Dino Thunder, you know, he gave up a a promising soccer career uh, to be a Power Ranger. And, you know, just you see a lot of these sacrifices that they have to make in order to protect the city. And the sad part is they can't tell anybody. So he gets, so after having to leave constantly to defend the city, but not being able to tell his boss, eventually his boss fires him. So now his dad gets mad and thinks that his son was being lots of days ago and got fired at his job. Then the worst part is his the mayor is talking about wanting to protect the city and a monster's attacking. So the mayor doesn't run because he says, we're going to stay here and protect. We don't run, we fight. You know, and his son runs away. So his father thinks his son is running away because he's a coward. But really he he was running away so he could morph without being seen. And then eventually at some point, uh, his dad finds out he's a ranger when he sees him get kidnapped and he goes into the portal to where Evox's lair is and breaks his son out and saves him. And he has that emotional moment where he apologizes to his son for doubting him. And you see that emotional moment right there. You also see a lot of other emo- like this is this is one of those episodes that again tugs at your heartstrings because one thing about the Power Rangers and I've said this before is that ever since Lost Galaxy it's gotten really dark with their stories. Like I'm surprised some of these are watched by kids because it's real. Sometimes they get really really fucked up with how they do shit. But in the beginning, Blaze is basically an asshole who kind of bullies Devin at one point and then they get into a karate fight because Devin doesn't take karate seriously and then him and Blaze get in a fight and Blaze ends up losing and that gets him mad. And you find out that Roxy and Ravi are in a relationship, but they break up. 
because apparently there is a policy that rangers can't date other rangers. To which I reply, since when? That has got to be the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my lifetime. I didn't think it was possible for me to hear something so incredibly fucking stupid that Rangers can't date Rangers because anybody that's watched Power Rangers, especially if you've watched it as much as I have, you know there have been multiple relationships in Power Rangers. For example, in Megaforce, we had Jake Holland and Gia Moran. We had Camille and Jared in Power Rangers Jungle Fury. We had Eric Myers and Taylor Earnhardt in Power Rangers Wild Force. We had Tyler Navarro and Shelby Watkins in Dino Charge. We had Blake Bradley and Tori Hansen in Ninja Storm. We had Andros and Ashley in Power Rangers in Space. We had Wes Collins and Jen Scotts in Time Force. And if you are the biggest Power Ranger fan in the world, you know that despite whatever ranking system might tell you, the greatest Power Ranger couple of all time is Tommy Oliver and Kimberly Ann Hart. We know these guys. They were the ultimate couple. When they broke up in Power Rangers Zeo, it was depressing because Kimberly broke up with Tommy via Dear John letter. And then, of course, Catherine... Uh, later had a relationship with Tommy after that because it was just like we've seen Rangers date other Rangers in the past. So to suddenly make that a policy in Power Rangers, I thought was fucking dumb. It was fucking dumb. I don't get the logic behind that. I mean, look, obviously they did it to tell a story because we heard this on several occasions because at one point in the series, Zoe and Nate start to have feelings for each other and they start to fall for each other, but they keep their, even though they admit they love each other, they don't date. They kind of just admire each other from afar. Or if they do go on dates, it's like secrets because they don't want to be kicked out. In fact, at one point, one of the girls finds out that they're, that they like each other and she blackmails them to try and get this assistant job that she doesn't really deserve because she's fucking incompetent. Now, of course, later on, she eventually, you know, changes her ways and eventually makes amends with everybody in like, in, in later in, in season two, but we see that moment happening. And then we also find out that Ro- that Ro- Roxy wanted to be with Ravi, but Ravi broke up with her because they were becoming Rangers. But then uh, Evox hacks the system and as a result, it, it ends up catching uh, Blaze and Roxy, and that's how they become uh, bad guys. They basically become evil. They have these evil uh, avatars that fight, and the good guys, the good Blaze and the good Roxy, end up in a in a like I said, a vegetative state. So they put them in these like capsules to try to keep them on life support while they battle these avatars. And of course, Ravi he ends up becoming the Blue Ranger, but then they need to crown new Rangers. So Devin, who broke into the place. You know, eventually he becomes the Red Ranger because Nate hits a button and magically transforms him. But also Zoe becomes a Ranger as well because originally Zoe worked in the Grid Battle Force, but she worked in the laundry department. Like her job was just to do the laundry. That was her only job. But then she got upgraded to a Ranger when they all of a sudden changed them into Rangers. And she has this thing where she she doesn't run from problems. She solves them like and she's also very much an environmentalist. Like at one point, um, they're going to tear down, uh, the mayor's going to have a forest turned down to build a new highway to um, cut down the large amount of traffic that's in Coral Harbor. And what happens is um, Zoe gets in the middle of a bulldozer, not to necessarily stop it. Like she's not one of those tree, uh, 
hugging hippies that like, I'm going to chain myself to this tree so you can't chop it down. None of that shit. Or she's not kneeling. She just picks up this bug or not the bug, like this lizard that was going to get hit by the tractor. And he basically tries to encourage uh, the mayor not to have the place torn down. And basically, um, they decide to use these bikes powered by Morphex, these X bikes that can move really fast. You know, which I thought was kind of funny because as soon as I heard bike, I immediately thought about my people who ride bikes in the street uh, complain time video I did a long time ago that uh, pissed off a lot of people because I go on a rant about how much I hate people who ride their bikes in the street. But at least with these, they're powered by more effects, which means it'll make them move faster. They're not going to be sitting there pedaling and holding up fucking traffic or hogging the fucking road, which is why I hate people who ride their bikes in general. It's like apparently it's illegal to ride your bike on the sidewalk. I don't know why. Why? Because that's where fucking toys are supposed to be. And when you're riding a bike, you're riding a toy, and you belong on the sidewalk with the rest of the children. So in case you haven't noticed, I hate people who ride their bikes in the street. Despise it. But anyway, I digress. So he goes and talks to the mayor. And what I like about the mayor is that instead of being a stingy asshole that's like, no, I'm going to tear down my building, he lays down a challenge. And this is what I think a lot of people should do, like mayors and governors and shit, when you're in this situation. Instead of fighting against the person, kind of work with them. So he makes her a deal. He says, I will fund your Morphex bikes for one week. If you can convince enough people to switch to these bikes that it cuts down the traffic, I won't tear down the, the forest. But if you fail, I get to build my new road. Deal? And she said deal. And they shook hands. So at that point, if she loses, she's not allowed to get mad because she agreed to the terms and he's giving her a chance to change his mind. And to me, that's how you should run things. All right. You feel so strongly about this? Let's compromise. Put the challenge. Let him put the work in. Because I believe if you really want something bad enough, you're willing to work your ass off for it. If you want it, you'll work for it. If not, you'll sit on your lazy ass. So I like the way they took that initiative. You know, they didn't do some bullshit, stupid environmental protest. They did it. They got it to work because eventually the Power Rangers were using the bikes to chase after a bad guy. So as soon as everybody heard that the Power Rangers liked it, well, then that's like a celebrity endorsement. Now everybody else is going to use them. Even the mayor thought the bikes were cool. So he later allowed her to do that. And she was able to solve a big problem. And then, of course, she her mom is a big time like reporter. And there's one episode where uh, the mom gets access to the Rangers um, identities because the camera was rolling. But the but the memory card was destroyed. So they ha was damaged. Sorry. So they fixed the memory card. She has the issues. But then the mom, uh, basically her daughter, Zoe, tries to explain to her, don't air this because she can't tell her why. Because But she's basically saying the Rangers don't want their secret to come out. So they found this celebrity who's getting hounded by everybody. And basically, Zoe does an interview with her. And they talk about celebrity. And she basically tells her how, as a celebrity, as much as she loves her fans and loves, you know, performing and acting, she hates being a celebrity because everywhere she goes, people hound her. And they just crowd her and they video her. And it was basically showing the dark side of being a celebrity, which is ultimately what it is now. Like, being a celebrity used to be the coolest fucking thing in the world. It was what everybody wanted to be. Now, uh, people today, especially the younger generation, the Gen Z, the woke culture, the cancel culture, they took that they took that amazing fame and made it they basically made fame a dirty word like now it's something you don't even want like I have friends that are just happy to make a living doing what they love but they never want to be famous because they don't want to have to deal with the assholes that you encounter when you become famous you know they don't they don't like when you open that floodgate to meet everyone who truly hates you 
and doesn't have a logical reason for why they hate you. They just hate you. And so anyway, the mom realizes this and decides, I'm not going to reveal the Power Rangers secret. She kind of basically says they need to be protected. Their identities need to be protected so they can protect the city. And at first, she's immediately thinking, I just destroyed my whole career. But instead, what happens is... Uh, she ends up keeping her job because everybody loves the fact that she's a journalist with integrity, which is definitely something that needs to be shown in this day and age because there's a lot of reporters out there today. I don't know a single damn one of them that has integrity. None. Especially on CNN. Like, that is such a garbage network. And, you know, even on Fox, you know, there's some people on Fox that I like, but for the most part, you know, they're full of shit too. Like, mainstream media has become the worst thing in the world. I don't want to get too political, and I'm not going to on this particular segment, but uh, to hear, you know, that journalist with integrity thing is definitely a lesson that's learned. And... The reason people appreciate it so much is not because those people, not just because those people are honest, but because they're doing something that no other news story has the balls to do because they care more about having the story and being first on the scene rather than just being accurate or respectful. Most journalists don't have that skill. And what they don't understand is this. You don't win a prize for being first on the scene because I promise you when they read your article, nobody cares that it was written by you. They look at the headline and they look at what's said. Some of them don't even look at what's said. Some of them just read the headline and that's enough for them to share it. Most of them do not even read the article. So to be first on the scene is a waste of time. All it's going to do is get you a pat on the back from your boss. So unless you're a fucking brown noser, there's no reason to be first on the scene. You don't get a prize for it. But what's also interesting about this is the fact that um, in addition to Zords and everything else, they get B-spots. Basically these robotic sidekicks. Like there's a jackrabbit for Zoe. Um, there's a, a cruise was a cheetah like thing for Devin. And then there's this big ass ape for Robbie. Cause he has ape like powers and each of them is like their buddy and helps them and everything. But you also find out that each of them have weaknesses. Like, for example, um, when Ravi's uh, character rages, he overheats. And if he overheats too much, he has to cool down fast, either with ice packs or water or something. Otherwise, he could overheat and destroy himself. And also, when Zoe gets weak, she needs carrots in order to re-energize because she has rabbit DNA. And because, dog, and because cats are scared of dogs, anytime Devin sees a dog, he immediately freezes up. So that's why he can't be around dogs. And that whole entire uh, scenario takes place. So you see those happening throughout the series as well, especially when um Ravi and Roxy uh, eventually they uh they get the real ones back, Blaze and Roxy, and there's basically an avatar and the real version, but they somehow manage to save the real ones. And at one point, Ravi and Roxy are celebrating their anniversary, and um Ravi loses his anniversary gift. He was talking to this old lady uh, on a bench, and he was showing her his, the gift. But he sees a taxi, gets up and runs, but doesn't. But when I mean, he gets a taxi, he doesn't realize he forgot the gift. But thankfully, he had his name and his cell number on there. So he talks to the girl, little lady on the phone. She says, "I'm going to send it to you." And he's like, "Okay, texting the details." So he's texting her. At one point, um, you know, uh, Roxy shows Ravi his gift, and it's fucking amazing. He's got like, this candlelit dinner and this bracelet that says "Ravi and Roxy forever." Like that was cool for me because you got to see a woman give a gift like that for her man on an anniversary. Because it's rare to find a woman that will take the tr the time to get a gift for her man. Because most women just sit back and wait for gifts. Very few of them know how to. Give give one you know i've had a couple girlfriends that were good at that but 
this one was actually very, very interesting and very cool to see. Now, Robbie, unfortunately, doesn't have his gift with him because he lost it. But he's reassuring her he's got something. So the old lady starts texting him the details. And he says, I got your painting. You really know how to make a girl feel special. Uh, now, of course, the old lady's talking about Roxy when he says girlfriend, girl feels special. Roxy automatically assumes Robbie's cheating on him. So Robbie gets pissed off and angry over the fact that Roxy doesn't trust him. Now, I can understand a little bit about Roxy jumping to conclusions, but I feel like Robbie got pissed off too quickly. I felt like he owed an ex he, he should have told her the situation. And then if Roxy got an attitude and if Roxy still didn't believe him, then lash out. But that's the thing. If your girlfriend is accusing you of cheating and you haven't, tell her what's going on. And if she believes you, great. If she doesn't, then you tell her to go fuck then you tell her to fuck off. And that's basically what Robbie does. So even though so at one point he gets like overheated and crazy, then eventually Rox, Roxy meets Stacy, the old lady, gets, sees the gift, and then they have this emotional moment and he gets Robbie to calm down. And I think that's the seeing red episode. He just fucking loses it. It's crazy episode. And then there's another one about a tuba. I want to talk about this one. Because they basically went as a kid getting bullied because he's playing the tuba. So he throws the tuba away. Robbie decided to train him in self-defense. And basically he's teaching him so he can defend himself and stand up for himself. And then eventually finds an old tuba that his grandfather used to have and gives it to him to play. Because the kid really loved playing the tuba. But now he knows how to stand up for himself. He doesn't have to worry about it. But also that's when we discover about Robbie's love for art, drawing, and painting. And the truth is, Robbie loves it, but he doesn't tell anybody. He keeps it secret. And the reason he keeps it a secret is because his mom doesn't approve of it or wouldn't approve of it because she doesn't like silly distractions. Like, even when Robbie was pulling out those instruments and cleaning them, at first, his mom thought he was going to be getting it, uh, playing an instrument. He's like, no, I'm just giving it to a friend. She said, okay. So that was pretty interesting. So then, at one point, the gorilla started painting, you know, Smash. And then uh, Robbie has to reprogram him because, uh, you know, because because Smash saw Robbie painting. He reprograms him, so now all of a sudden Smash likes to paint. Then eventually he has to confess that he's an artist. And then once his mom finds out, eventually she apologizes, starts approving everything, and they're great. And, you know, so this whole story is about these guys growing up, finding themselves, and taking on the bad guys. And then eventually we get to season two where Evox basically finds a bunch of relics and treasures of old Power Ranger villains. And the Rangers have a vault of all classic Power Ranger weapons from Mighty Morphin all the way up to Ninja Steel. And apparently they had Ranger history classes, so they're very familiar with a lot of the Rangers. And at one point, they're trying to decide which villain to bring back. So at one point, they contemplated bringing back... Uh, Astronema, but then found out she was Corone and got rid of her. They tried to bring back, um, I think it's like Lebanoi, I think the guy's name was, uh, from Mystic Force, who ended up being uh, the Red Ranger's father. They were considering that. And then basically, they were going through everybody until ultimately they picked Goldar. Only this time, his name was changed to Goldar Maximus. Now, here was my take on Goldar Maximus. Um, obviously, this is based on the old Gold Goldar. And here's the thing. I get that Goldar, this is a new Power Ranger version, but in my my opinion, I felt like the Goldar should have looked exactly like the Goldar in the 90s. Like I said, I get that it's a new time, but you do not need to, you know, change everything around. You don't need to do that. You don't need to constantly change everything. And... The, also, the other issue I have is the fact that the original voice of Goldar is a guy named Kerrigan Mahan, who also has done other voices. Like, he was the Magnet Defender in Lost Galaxy. He was Monitor Org in Wild Force. 
And he's also um, done plenty of other anime and things like that. The way I see it, the fact that they got rid of him and replaced him with somebody named fucking Fred uh, Takasore was fucking stupid. Don't get me wrong. I have nothing against Fred. I know he currently voices Yosemite Sam, uh, Gossamer, Peter Patamis, Reddy from the Rough and Ready show, Drupalong Coyote, Lippy the Lion, Touche Turtle, and the Incredible Hulk. But here's the thing. You shouldn't take away the... If the original voice actor is still alive, that person should be casted. From what I'm seeing, that person's still alive. They're not dead. Hell, the guy's done voiceovers as early as 2003, and he even voiced Goldar in Power Rangers Battle for the Grid two years ago. You're telling me that this guy can't come back and voice Goldar? So that was probably my biggest complaint. The fact that they they had they t- they brought back an old character and that he looked nothing like the ca- old character and he sounded nothing like the old character. I mean, for Christ's sake, you bring back so many other people from Power Rangers series. You brought back Austin St. John to be Jason Lee Scott, which was the right thing to do. But to not bring back the original Goldar while that voice actor's still alive is fucking ridiculous because you they made the character not the character. And I'm sorry, when people want to see a character come back in a series, We want the actor to play the character and we want that character to look as much like the original as possible. Now, obviously, a human character is different. A human character is going to look older if it comes back years later. Why? Because humans grow up and they age. I get that. This is a character in a costume. You could easily dig out that old Goldar costume. You can't tell me it's gone for good. They've got it buried in a warehouse somewhere. Hell, the the person who originally played Goldar might still have the freaking costume. We don't know. He might still have the fucking thing. The guy who actually wore it. So the way I see it, there's no logical reason why Kerrigan couldn't play voice Goldar in this franchise. And he should have. Hands down. There's no excuse, in my opinion, why he couldn't voice Goldar. But either way, we go through this whole craziness, this whole ordeal with Evox trying to get in. He's basically a computer virus working his way through. But the biggest shocker of the whole series is discovering Evox's secret identity. And that is that Evox is actually Vengex. And that's why this is a direct sequel, in a way, to RPM. Because if you remember, at the end of Power Rangers RPM, even though the Rangers saved Corneth, Vengeance kind of showed up at the end. Kind of like a cliffhanger in a horror movie where you think the bad guy's dead, but then at the last second, he opens his eyes, or kind of winks at the camera, or pops up out of nowhere to kill somebody, and you realize they're still alive. Vengeance, technically, was never killed. So it was easy for him to come back. And once he did, he was able to wreak havoc on the city. He was able to wreak havoc on the city. And in a way, it caused things to become more crazier than they've ever been. Because they basically had to use all of their powers and eventually use all the effects to destroy him. So ultimately, they finally managed to kill Evox, but they used human DNA to kill him to corrupt his systems. Because apparently, that's what made him weak. Because at one point, while he was possessed by the mayor, he could only stay as the mayor for a certain period of time. That's why a lot of times he would cough and run away. Because he had to use it as an excuse to get away from everybody before he transformed into Evox. And then eventually, they were able to free his dad with something called the Emit Splitters, I believe it's called. No, it was the Split Emitters. He was eventually able to be freed with something called the Split Emitters, which is basically what was used in Dino Charge to separate Doomwing from Xenowing. 
Because Xena Wing was basically a good guy. Doom Wing was basically the villain in all of this. So to fix all of that made it work. And that's why they were able to eventually save his dad from Evox before they ultimately destroyed Evox. Because obviously Devin didn't want his dad to be killed. Now, in the midst of all of this, one thing I got to mention here before I officially wrap this up is there's a Silver Ranger named Steel. Basically, Nate was supposed to build a robot when he's being held hostage by Blaze and Roxy. But what he did was, he turned himself into a ranger, his DNA, a little bit of it, mixed with the robot, which made the robot half human and half robot. So Steel had all the personality traits of a human, but had a robotic body. Like, he couldn't eat or drink or anything like that, but he could experience, you know, pain and emotion, you know, his feelings could be hurt, shit like that. And it made Nate happy because Nate was an only child whose family, li- whose parents worked overseas. So he never really had a family. So you get to see like him bond with this robot that basically became like his brother. And his brother aspired to be human. So much so that at one point, they sw- when Nate and the robot switch bodies, basically the ro- Nate the steel goes crazy. He even does a whole song about how he can't wait to be human, which I'm going to play as the outro song so you guys will get to hear it. Um, which was fucking amazing. This Broadway like this like jazz dance number what I thought was cool it looked like a 1950s sock hop at one point but during the fight Steel ends up sacrificing himself to kind of slow Evox down so they're down one ranger and they have this emotional moment where we have five rangers now we're down to we had now we're down to four and we're gonna fight and they tell everyone to evacuate but everybody says no we're staying we're with you they're gonna evacuate the city and Zoe's mom wants Zoe to come with her and that's when Zoe reveals to his mom to her mom she's a power ranger that's why she has to stay and once she finds out she agrees she lets her stay and everything's cool then of course in the midst of the fight after they kill evox there's enough of the morphex lands on steel and he eventually becomes a human and later becomes an actor in movies and you know basically hires a stunt double because they celebrate his birthday and then you cut to um Devin is now the commander this is all one year later Devin somehow becomes the commander um which i thought was hilarious and then the other two, I think, are still Rangers. I'm not sure. I know Ravi and his mom are like are, enjoy painting. Ravi's still dating Roxy, which is great. Uh, his the dad is still the mayor, which I thought was fucked up. And now they're using these uh, solar power windmills to use like solar energy to power the city, which does have a little bit of some uh you know hippiness to it. But I'm not complaining too much because it's still a great ending. And then, of course, while they're celebrating, they they sing about how it's cool to be human. And then the show ends. And obviously, I'm touching on a lot of big moments here. And I'm kind of jumping around with a lot of these. But at the end of the day, Power Rangers Beast Morphers actually did a pretty decent job. I'm not going to lie. Now, is this one that I would watch like again and again and again? Probably not. But like I said, it's it did a decent job. And I definitely recommend this to Power Ranger fans. And, you know, it was definitely worth the wait to check this uh, show out. So, um, obviously, I enjoyed uh, Power Rangers Beast Morphers. Like I said, there were a few things I didn't like. So, that's why I probably wouldn't watch it over and over again. Because those little things would probably bug me. Because, as you guys know, I'm a stickler for keeping things canon. But if you guys are Power Ranger fans, 
you might want to check it out and add it to your collection. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude uh, this review of Power Rangers Beast Morphers. And now that I've managed to finish it, I will eventually be catching up with uh, Dino Fury. And like I said, I'm going to be following Dino Fury. And um, like I said, it's probably going to last two seasons like the other ones have. But um, once uh, Dino Fury is done, I will eventually have that review for you guys. But now that I have gone through this whole long-ass Power Ranger journey, as far as Netflix goes... Um, I gotta say it was worth it. And I do thank that guy from Dragon Con for convincing me to, you know, go on this, to, to go on this journey and to watch all these Power Rangers series because I missed out on a lot of cool moments. And like I said, some of these Power Rangers series have been fun to watch. Some of them have sucked, but I would never have known that. And I'm glad to have this Power Ranger knowledge because like I said, in addition to pro wrestling, Power Rangers is the only other major obsession that I've had. And I loved Power Rangers when I was a kid. So to get to see the Power Ranger history is great. It makes me love the franchise more than ever. And believe it or not, I actually look forward to watching Dino Fury. And uh, I want to thank that guy from Dragon Con for resurrecting my love for the Power Rangers. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will officially wrap up this week's episode of the Boochcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow the Boochcast on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker and Google Podcasts. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there. Or if you want to be a super fan, follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Also, make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Uh, this Saturday night is WWE SummerSlam. We're going to have our special treat for you guys to check out. The pay-per-view will be available on our Twitter page. So make sure you guys check that out. Also, as far as photos and videos... You'll get to see some videos of John Tumblin uh, from his birthday party. So take this opportunity to wish John Tumblin a happy belated birthday. If you haven't already, uh, John is a very valued member of the team, and I miss doing the NXT recaps with him, and I look forward to his inevitable return to the show. Also, make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out all the latest YouTube content that we got, including our episodes of Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring, our watch parties, our D&D one-shot, funny skits, promos, everything. Check out what we got on the channel. We have great content for you guys there and more coming soon. So hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified so you don't miss any of our content that is coming soon, including new episodes of Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring. Also, make sure you guys are following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live watch parties and our live D&D show. And our next big watch party, as I mentioned before, is this Saturday night, WWE SummerSlam at 8 p.m. That's right. We're going to be doing our big Twitch watch party from El Casa de Delinsky. Make sure you guys are with us. You can live chat with us during the show. We got the special treat that will be on our Twitter page. So make sure you guys join us for all the fun and excitement of WWE SummerSlam. It is a stacked card and it's one show you do not want to miss also be on the lookout for our D&D show which will be coming in October once we have a finalized date we will announce the date and I have a big surprise for the event that I can't reveal right now but when I do it will blow your fucking minds 
Also, you guys can support the show by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three different levels you can contribute at. We will have prizes for these levels. We have not set them up yet. So if you want to wait for the prizes, feel free. But if not... Just subscribe now, and when the prizes are ready, we will send a prize to you. Because we'll know who's donating at what level. The first contribution level you can choose is $0.99 cents per month. That's right. For $0.99 cents per month, you can help support the Boochcast. If you want to go a little higher, you can support the show for $4.99 per month, which is basically the same price as a Peacock subscription. So if you don't want to give your money to the Peacock, let's be honest, none of us like the Peacock. Uh, take that money, bring it over here. We got better content than them. And, of course, you can go to the final level, which is a mere $9.99. That's right. The same amount of money you used to pay for a WWE Network subscription, you can now bring to the Boochcast. Take that night. You got nothing to do with that $9.99. Take it away. Put it over here with the Boochcast. We got better content than the network, and we know how to satisfy our fans. You can pay with a credit card or with GPay. And your money goes towards helping to grow the show. It allows us to upgrade our equipment, bring in bigger name guests. It allows us to pay the bills. And it allows me to take care of all my guys who work very hard behind the scenes. So if you got a favorite co-host and you feel like they deserve to be paid for their work, go to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Give your donation and help us grow this channel. Because the more money we make with this, the more time we can devote to it and the more we can make it a bigger and better show for everyone. And the best part is we listen to our fans. So if you're contributing to this show, you get to not only do you get to have an opinion like you normally would, but we're more likely to listen to your opinion than someone who's uh, not contributing anything. But there's no pressure. It's your choice. All we're saying is if you can help us out, we would greatly appreciate it. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>